This podcast is made available for free globally. That is only possible through my relationships with advertising partners. If you would like to access an ad-free version of Practical Stoicism, go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, which is when it works the best, and I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm your host, Tanner Campbell. And if you'd like to get rid of ads, you can do so for just $6 a month by going to stoicism.supercast.com, link in the show notes, and becoming a premium supporter. If that's not your thing, I get it. That's fine. Just tuning in, listening, and valuing this content is enough for me. Today, we're going to dive into Meditation 21 of Book 4, which reads as follows. If souls continue to exist, how does the air contain them from eternity? But how does the earth contain the bodies of those who have been buried from time so remote? For as here, the mutation of these bodies after a certain continuance, whatever it may be, and their dissolution make room for other dead bodies. So the souls, which are removed into the air after subsisting for some time, are transmuted and diffused, and assume a fiery nature by being received into the seminal intelligence of the universe. 
and in this way make room for the fresh souls which come to dwell there. And this is the answer which a man might give on the hypothesis of souls continuing to exist. But we must not only think of the number of bodies which are thus buried, but also of the number of animals which are daily eaten by us, and the other animals, for what a number is consumed, and thus in a manner buried in the bodies of those who feed on them. And nevertheless, this earth receives them by reason of the changes of these bodies into blood, and the transformations into the aerial or the fiery element. I know what you're thinking. Tanner's an atheist. He's going to hate this one. But you would be wrong. Those of us who don't believe in modern or ancient concepts of God don't claim to know for sure that we know what happens after we die. Sure, we'll say something like, and I have said this, you rot in the ground, that's it. But until we actually die, we can't know for sure. For that reason, I rather enjoy talking about what happens after we die, and what better lead into a discussion like that than the words of Marcus Aurelius. I say none. I can't remember the comedian, but I remember a joke where this comedian comes out on stage and says, hello, everyone, and then proceeds to point out that everyone isn't very accurate since most everyone is dead and buried. He remarks on the fact that everyone who has ever died, or most of them, have been buried in the earth, and there must be billions of them. It's a bit of a morbid thought, but it's an interesting one, too. Maybe only for morbid reasons, but if practically everyone who has ever died has been buried, that means an incredibly high percentage of the Earth's surface must have loads of dead people just a few feet below it. Like I said, morbid, but interesting. One might think, how can the Earth keep fitting all these dead bodies? I mean, isn't it going to get full eventually? I've had that thought before. But I've never, not once, not until reading this meditation, asked myself, how can the cosmos hold all the souls that are being reincorporated into it on a constant basis? I think that's why I like this meditation, because it made me think of something I would have never thought to think about, that souls may take up volume, and the universe might have a soul saturation point. As an atheist, of course, I don't believe in souls in the sense that most people do when they talk about souls. As an atheist, I don't believe in supernatural things like that, but I'll admit I'm somewhat persuaded by the stoic cosmological idea that a thing cannot exist for which the ingredients are not available to make it. I've touched on this before, but stoics talk about the cosmos being conscious because human beings are conscious and logical. So, if human beings are conscious and logical, the ingredients for consciousness and logic must exist in the universe, and if they do, well, then, why shouldn't the cosmos be conscious? I'm not quite to the point where I'm willing to go that far, but I like the concept of existing ingredients, pre-existing ingredients, and have come to think of death as a breakdown of all those ingredients, a process that returns those ingredients to the earth and eventually to the cosmos, either as gas or as debris from when our planet is exploded from our sun-going supernova. I can't remember which law it is, but one of the laws of thermodynamics, and I'll just go ahead and say the first and hope I'm remembering correctly, says that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only have its form altered. There's another law, too, that I'm probably going to butcher just as terribly. This show might be scripted, but my obscure science references are winged entirely. I think it's called the law of the conservation of matter, and it says of matter the same thing the first law of thermodynamics says of energy. It can't be truly destroyed. What these two laws suggest, I think, remember I'm no scientist, is that there's a fixed amount of matter and energy in the universe, and it can't be increased and it can't be decreased. It can only change the way it looks, the form it takes. 
So everything that dies returns the full value of its matter and energy back to, I guess we could say, the universal balance of energy and matter. I find this infinitely interesting because it means everything about me and about you, from your fingernails to the things you own, to the thoughts happening in your brain right now, to the words you're hearing come out of your speakers or headphones, are all a fractional part of the entire universe. And none of it, since it's either energy or matter, can ever leave the system it's contained in. Every word you just heard, where is it now? If you rewind, you'll hear those words again, but not the same energy, right? Where did that energy go that made the thing we call a word? I guess it went into your ears, but then where did it go? Where is this visible exhaust pipe of all the energy created by our world and our minds? I don't think souls exist. Stoicism has yet to convince me otherwise, and I don't think it's trying to. But certainly, the energy of consciousness exists. And where the heck does that energy go when it stops being produced as a phenomenon of our brain chemistry? What does it break down into? And how is it reconstructed in the next human? Is it ever? And what about the things we know? What about knowledge? Is knowledge a form of energy? I'm asking that question seriously. When I remember a thing, doesn't my ability to remember something that happened a year ago require some sort of energy to see that picture in my mind's eye? And if so, is that memory, that picture I see in my mind, an expression of energy? And if so, where does it go when I stop remembering it? Do I have to reproduce a brand new mental image of it every time I remember it? Isn't that new energy? Much of what I'm saying here might be really ignorant. Again, I am not a scientist. But it's also fun to think about and to ask these questions. And I'm grateful to Marcus for this meditation because I believe it's a virtuous thing to wonder and ask questions. For doing so leads eventually to answers and knowledge. And the more we know, the more we can serve humanity. And in that same spirit, no pun intended, I've thought of a little thought experiment we can have in the Discord community this week. With this idea of ingredients, what do you think happens when we die? If you can find time today, that's your homework. Jump into the Discord and share your thoughts. None of us, of course, are going to get this question right, and even if one of us did, no one would know it. But I think we're overdue for a discussion about the hereafter, and this meditation is the perfect prompt to discuss it, I think. If you're not already a member of the community, there's a link in the show notes to join. It's free, and if you click it, I will see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. I truly appreciate it. In whatever app you're listening, if you haven't hit that follow button or subscribe button, please do. That way you will be made aware of new episodes every day because I release new episodes every day. Also, if you haven't done so yet, leave a review of the podcast in your podcast player app of choice. I would really appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care. Thank you.